it's a weird time. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that could sum up 2020, Curtis. Well, well actually, actually, I, I'm expecting, you know, asteroids and uh, aliens <laughs> and things like that for the second half. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup I have. We have a special guest with me today. And of course, we will start with my co-host hanging out there in Santa Clara, California, Prasanna Maliandi. Hey, Curtis, what's going on? What's going on is that it's six o'clock in the morning and I am not awake. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, have you had your first cup of coffee yet? I have not. We're interviewing our special guests all the way from Italy. So this is when we had to get up in order to make this happen. And I am not operating on all four cylinders. See, I would be like you, except I just had a meeting at 530 in the morning that yes. I sounded like you. And so now I'm more awake than at 530, like 30 minutes ago. So. I'm ready to go. So I'm getting no sympathy from you, right? No, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. You never do anyway, but I love you. Yeah, exactly. Our special guest comes to us all the way from Italy. This is his second time on the podcast. He's been in the IT industry for over 25 years, just like myself. Uh, We're excited. He is, uh, among many things, he is also a GigaOM analyst. Welcome to the podcast, Enrico Signoretti. Hi, Curtis. Thank you very much for having me again. And uh, yes, I woke up very early as well. So, but but uh, I am in my you know afternoon now. So it's uh, I'm more awake and vigilant than you probably. Right. <laughs> You're not like into a, a glass of wine by now. I hope. No, not yet, not yet. And usually it's it's more uh, gin and tonic. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. My wife is more in the in the in the Prosecco thing. And the problem yeah. is she, she thinks... I remember that from last time, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, just get a, a little bit of an update. Last time you were with us, how things have changed since then. That was, as I recall, Italy was under lockdown, but America was not yet under lockdown. So, and you were telling us about how you had to uh, get permission to go outside. You had a permission slip or whatever, and then... Uh, and you you needed to take the most direct route to get to somewhere, and if you didn't if you didn't do all those things, then you could get uh, some kind of fine. So how yeah. how are things? Not just that, but just in general, how are things uh, over there now? Well, I have to say that uh, so that uh, currently we are no longer in lockdown. There are still many rules, like one person uh, at a time in small shops, for example, or uh, you have to wear masks when you're outside um, and things like that. But everything is open again. I mean, even restaurants, uh, they are going to open uh, uh, larger venues, uh, I think, this weekend. And uh, the number of contagion is very, very low now. So we are talking about uh, a few dozens per day all across Italy. So... Uh, the situation is very positive. I mean, uh, you can see that the economy didn't, you know, 
start yet as it, you know as we expected somehow so but it's slowing gaining some traction again and uh, um, people are out eating out i mean uh, uh, so i i think that uh, uh, the situation is improving pretty quickly uh, i'm pretty positive about that yeah it's interesting um it, it, it's Kind of the same and definitely not over here in the U.S. And, and it's such a big place you can't, it, it's not a monolithic situation. But, you know, as a country, infections haven't slowed down. Deaths haven't slowed down. You know, we're, we're currently, uh, due to the size of the country, we're currently, uh, last time I checked, it was close. To, it's about 800 deaths, new deaths a day in the u.s right now and yet we are indeed also opening up in many states if not most states i live in california and we we have opened up over here and it basically it's exactly what you described um that you're supposed to wear a mask when you go outside you're supposed to uh you know you limit the number of people in in a in a shop and restaurants are typically at half capacity and they don't yet have any uh, large venues, but we're state by state here, right? So different states would be different. It's a weird time. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that could sum up 2020, Curtis. Well, well, actually, actually, I'm expecting, you know, asteroids and uh, aliens (laughs) and things like that for the second half, because, because, you know, (laughs) it's it's so weird this year that uh, there, there is some other major disruption <laughs> waiting around the corner. I mean, uh, it can be finished uh, this way. I hope not, but, you know, looking at yeah, uh, what happened so far. The dif- the difficult thing for me, uh, we, we've tried not to get political on this podcast. And the difficult thing for me is it is impossible to discuss coronavirus in the U.S. without talking about politics. And uh, I, I, I hate that. Um, the virus doesn't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, whatever, the Green Party, but uh, your opinion on the virus very much for some reason matters. Uh, it, it matters what party you're in. And I, I that it's very frustrating to me. Anyway, let's talk about more interesting things, or at least things that are more IT related. Uh, GigaOM came out recently with, uh, so there is this thing called GigaOM Radar, which I'm going to ask you what that means. And uh, they recently came out with GigaOM Radar for unstructured data management. First off, Enrico, why don't you tell us a little bit, what is a GigaOM Radar? Yeah, so GigaOM Radar is the companion report of the key criteria report that we built. So for each single research project, we have at least two reports. One is the key criteria, which is an high-level report where we don't mention any vendor. We talk about the technology, the best practices to adopt it, and uh, uh, you know the features that you should look for when you uh, are in the process or you know making an evaluation around a, a specific technology. Then the second report that comes out is uh, a market landscape. So we try to uh give an idea to the to the reader what are the players uh how they are positioning the market and um you know the different deploying models that they use uh also the market segment that they serve uh, 
better and so on. So the reader is just, uh, uh, as sometimes, you know, uh, people is very familiar with quadrants. So it's, uh, it's, it's our quadrant, but just better. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw the picture. It looks like a bullseye a little bit. I guess yeah, that's why you call it, it a radar. Like a, I guess it's it better like a radar, radar screen. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's why it's called a radar. <laughs> right. Uh, so the, the, the main difference is uh, is that. So it's not a, a square geometric um, shape, but it's uh, a circle. And the idea is that uh, the closer you are to the center, the better. Okay. And uh, and there are a couple of important uh, uh, characteristic of this uh, uh, quadrant or circle or whatever is that uh, we don't take into account uh, the market share. Okay, so one one thing that I ate uh, when I read uh, this kind of graphics is that uh, most of the time you have uh, market leaders and. It's not that they are market leaders because they have a better technology, but actually because they have a better revenue. So they, they are in the market for, uh, you know, for a longer time and, uh, and they have a huge sales force and whatever. So they, they have a better reach on, on end users. So they sell more. But uh, there is no indication that uh, um, this equals to a better technology. Actually, most of the time, it isn't. So we stripped out the market share uh, component from the radar and we analyze only technical uh, uh, capabilities, uh, vision, uh, strategy, and execution. Do you also take into account um, for some of these products? I know it sounds great because I do feel that in the past, having sort of that market share kind of does muddy things up. Do you also take into account, though, sort of, I have X number of customers of a certain size, or do you have any sort of requirements like that, just in terms of how the product is doing in the actual market? Or is there no uh, viewpoint in terms of the adoption of a product? Yeah, so I I tend to talk uh, as much as I can with end users. Okay, okay. so, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and the idea is, you know, sometimes it's difficult because and uh, you, you have solutions that are installed in, in, in the dozens and uh, others that are in the thousands. But, uh, but the idea is always to get uh, feedback from end users. So how they are using the product, you know, how deep the integration is with the rest of the infrastructure and so on. Because if they are using the product for a niche use case and they are very satisfied, they say, okay, th- this is not, uh, you know, uh, very indicative of the success of the product or, or how the technology is used. So I, I try to uh, balance a little bit, of course. Uh, the, the idea is also that uh, uh, I, I don't want to uh, stick only on end user uh, perspective, okay? But uh, but I but but I check uh, personally if the, the the product is really doing what uh, it promises. So. It's uh, sometimes we have uh, analysts that are uh, practitioners in the end. So w- one of the main points that uh, uh, Gigaum advertises is the fact that our analysts are all practitioners. So in my analyst community, I can check with them if they are using the product, wh- what they are 
how they compare it to other products and so on. So it's a, it's a complex process in the end. So if I could summarize what your, what your answer was there, when he asked you, you know, does it, you know, do the number of customers factor into it at all? And it sounds like uh, what you're saying is that the point with the customers is that you're, you're talking to him to see if the product actually works. Uh, not so much how many customers it are, but if there are more customers, it might be easier to have that conversation. Does that? Yes, that, that's, yeah, okay. that's a point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the one part uh, when I'm looking at it, so again, comparing it, I can't compare it, but, but I, but I have to compare it, comparing it to, uh, you know, the magic quadrant, right? It, it's really easy to say up, up and to the right is better, right? In your case, like closer to the center is better, but is there any, uh, anything about being in, in any particular quadrant that that's better? And can you, can you help explain well, that? So the, uh, we have four, uh, quadrants in in the circle okay so right uh, and uh, if you it's not and uh, that you, you are if you are in the bottom left you are worse it's just that you're playing a different game i mean so that uh, if you go if you look horizontally on the x-axis you see that uh, we have uh, feature players and uh, platform players feature players are you know usually niche players vendors that are focusing on specific features and they are doing something very well okay while uh, uh, in the other region y- you find uh, uh, players that uh, uh, are a large set of, uh, of features and uh, and probably they are targeting uh, uh, a broader set of use cases as well so this is just the first uh, differentiation. And then if you look at north to south, you find uh, maturity and innovation. So maturity and uh, also conservative. Okay, so you, you find a mature and conservative solution on top and very innovative, uh, maybe riskier, but, but actually more uh, kind of looking forward uh, kind of solutions in um, uh, in the bottom of the rudder. So just a quick question, Enrico. So do you see maturity and innovation as being completely separate criteria, though? Or in the sense, can a company that has a mature product, I guess maturity isn't necessarily from the perspective of time. No, yes. So uh, if you consider that a company could be just in the middle between... uh, maturity and uh, innovation okay then you have the perfect uh, solution actually the, the very cent for uh, to, to this point the very center of the of the radar is always empty because if we reach a, a point where you know uh, somebody is the perfect solution so plays very well as a platform but as you know all the, the single feature that are uh, perfect and at the same time is mature and innovative. You have the perfect product. There is no reason to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to look at anywhere else. I mean, and uh, and uh, and we think that for very very mature market, probably you can have something that is there. Think about the tape market. Okay, I do all the time. He really does. I think about the <laughs> tape market all the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, but if you look at the tape, okay, so uh, still you have innovation, and uh, but again, it's a very mature product, and uh, and contrary to what many people think, that they can they can both play on uh, as uh, as a platform, but also as a niche player, okay, depending on how you use the tape. So they can theoretically be all in the very center of this quadrant. But for most technologies, there is a lot of to do here that, uh, um, that you know, it doesn't, ju- so the, the center is not justified yet. Gotcha. Yeah, so I can see how if a product is very mature, meaning everything about that product is mature, that is the opposite of innovation, right? And if everything is brand new and, you know, you know, everything is being innovated every single day, then it's also not mature. So I can see those as opposite, uh, you know, you, and, but you can have different parts of the product that are mature, uh, whereas you, and, and also parts of the product that are very innovative. You're right. But, but again, there are a couple of other, uh, aspects to consider. One is that, uh, we do not only consider the position of the product today, but we also give a, a direction of development. Okay, so uh, it, it's a sort of a vector. So you have the position, a module, and a direction. Okay, the direction gives uh, information where the uh, company is going with the development, and uh, the module, so the, the size of the arrow, gives you indication how fast is moving. So. For example, if you are if we are talking about unstructured data management, you have vendors that are moving from the left, which is a, a feature play, to the right, which is a, a more uh, broad approach to unstructured data management. And uh, this means that these vendors are maturing, okay, but uh, they are maturing uh, not only on the quality of the feature. So on, on, on the single feature, but they are going on uh, to become a, a solution that uh, uh, can solve more use cases. And this, and just in terms of um, the speed of this, I guess that's where on the radar you see the different colors, correct? Just showing how quickly they're doing that. Yes, the color and the sense. so the uh, the what we call outperformers, which. Uh, which are the players that are performing the rest of the market? You have them in red, and the uh, and the length of the arrow is longer. And, and then again, you have, uh, the the outperformer. When you say outperformer, fast mover, forward mover, you're referring to the, sort of the the degree to which they are either innovating or coming out. You know becoming more of a platform player, more of a feature play, right? Yes. So it's about the strategy of the company and how fast they are executing it, how well they are executing it. So it's uh, it's important because you... So one of the things that I ate from uh, most of these quadrants is just that this is a picture from the past. I mean, <laughs> if you take a deposition of you know vendors, you say, okay, last year... They did this, this, and this, and this is the picture. Okay, but you, uh, you know, you work with an analyst to to have indications about the future because you have to take decisions for the future of your infrastructure in this case. So you want somebody that tells you where the market is going. 
This is the goal. I mean, I want to tell you, look, we talk with everybody. We know the user needs and we know how the product are developed in, in this moment. So you can expect that in 12, 18 months, they will be here. And of course, this is relative to, to what we are evaluating because in, the, in our evaluation, we, we separate uh, our evaluation in three uh, categories, okay? So th there is uh, the table stakes, which is uh, what you can give for granted. And uh, think about an array, okay? Data protection, I mean, RAID 5, RAID 6, you know, that, that's there. I mean, it, it, do you need to evaluate that your data is protected from a block storage array today? I mean, everybody does it, okay? But then there is, you know, the key features, the, what, the, the features that really makes the difference, okay? Maybe uh, advanced analytics uh, uh, or uh, integration with the cloud, these kind of things, okay? make a difference today for to build your strategy. And then there is uh, a third category of feature, which we call emerging technology. And this is things that are not here yet, but will happen in the next 12, 18 months. I mean, new protocols, uh, uh, it's, it's common now to talk about AI ops, but you know, really nobody's doing that yet. Uh, but but it's there, you know, it's around the corner. So when we build this kind of evaluation and when we build the radar, we, we took, uh, we take uh, uh, all these categories, we evaluate them and, and we say, okay, about the key features, these players are positioned here while uh, they can tell you also something about emerging technology. And we really don't, touch a lot about the table stakes. I mean, I, I don't want uh, to uh, to talk about snapshot anymore. So uh, everybody's, you know, is going to uh, give you a good Everyone's snapshot doing that, capability. right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Another interesting thing about this uh, versus some of the other ones that we have is that there are several it seems to me that there there are several different types of products here. Uh, you know, so when you say data management, I, I'm curious. So, for example, uh, when I look at, uh, I, I see Quantum on here, I see Hitachi on here, and it's specifically you mentioned Hitachi Ventara, but you don't mention what product from Quantum uh, you evaluated. Uh, and then you've got more platform players like Amazon and Google down there. So I'm curious, how, you know, th th that's an interesting part here is that, is that you have such different players. Yes, indeed. So uh, that comes from the Kikuchi uh, report, so from the companion report, which uh, describes infrastructure players and uh, business players, okay? So in, uh, in, uh, in that report, we describe... Uh, that uh, some uh, products are very, very uh, infrastructure focused. I mean, uh, uh, information lifecycle management, uh, um, starting from uh, um, automatic tiering and things like that, or you know, basic searching capabilities, or even uh, indexing and things like that. And then you have uh, uh, more business focused 
solutions like for example e-discovery or compliance okay you want to check the content of the file to see if you are storing uh, personal information for example or you need to uh, to check the content uh, to to search for all the information about a specific person so you can build a report if one of your customers are asking for uh, to be deleted from uh, your databases. So how can you do that? Okay, it's still unstructured data management because you know uh, you want to uh, to crawl in your uh, storage domain, find all the files that contain this kind of information, and use it to to build a report or to you know to delete something or whatever. So it's a uh, uh, it's a mix of things also because this, I mean, this, this was a very, very complicated report, right? Structured data management is something really new. And uh, everybody talks about unstructured data management now, but, uh, uh, you know, you have backup vendors doing it, and uh, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, the, the backup is uh, a consolidation point at the end. So you 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 take the data from all your organization and you build a, a single large repository and you can do a lot of things around that. But actually there are other uh, approaches and also these other vendors talk about data management. So, you know, it, it's complicated at the moment. We, we try to find the best angle talking about infrastructure focused and business oriented solutions. But at the end, the radar is, is uh, one radar. Gotcha. And, um, uh, you know, obviously we're, uh, I, I forgot to throw out my disclaimer before, uh, Persona and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. So we don't want to focus on the Druva aspect of this, but, you know, I, obviously I, I can't help but notice that we did well in the, <laughs> in the, in the report, right? And, you know, being listed in the leader quadrant, there are other products like Comball, Cohesity, Comprise, Igneous and Rubric that also looks like they made it into the leader quadrant. I wouldn't say quadrant. I would say I'm sorry, did I say circle. quadrant? What 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 do you call that? Um, well, the leader circle. I mean, the leader circle. Yes, we made it into the leader circle. One observation that I noticed, you know, when we talked about we were talking about the 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 length and the color of the arrows. No one got forward mover classification, which is the, the least amount of movement. I noticed that on the on the radar. This is because in uh, in this radar, sorry, this is because, you know, this radar talks about uh, something that is really uh, new. Uh, it's not like, for example, block storage, that it's very consolidated market or object storage. It's, uh, uh, it's a new set of features. And for most of the vendors, it's a new area or investment. So they are really pushing out on this. So everyone's moving fast. And if I look at the, there are still new entrants, right? Um, as you look at the outermost circle in this. So there are people still coming up. It's not that, and everyone is moving fast. No, is yes, that how I should You can expect, I'm pretty sure that next year we will add uh, more vendors. Okay. Mm -hmm. And probably... Um, as soon as the market will consolidate a bit, uh, a bit, also in the feature set, we will split it in uh, two. For example, for the block storage, we had to split the radar in three uh, radars, one for the high end, one for the general purpose 
external arrays and one for uh, software-defined storage solutions. <laughs> because there are so many players and they and they are so focused now that was, you know, too crowded and also was difficult to compare uh, all, all these products. So we, we try to simplify a little bit on that. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, and when I look on this, uh, some of the companies that are on here, they're very established players in just the IT world, but based on your, based on this particular radar, they're not established in data management, I guess is what you're saying. So for example, I, you know, seeing SpectraLogic listed as a new entrant is amusing because SpectraLogic's been around. It's literally one of the first backup products I ever used 25 years ago. Uh, but what you're saying is from a data management standpoint, the products that they're bringing out are relatively new. Is that, does that well, seem fair? Uh, it's really new. I mean, they launched it uh, at the end of last year, and uh, and it's still limited in terms of functionalities. I mean, it's a very promising product, but uh, it's new. And it's not only uh, a backup product. Uh, sorry, it's not only a tape product. So the, it's quite uh, flexible from this point of view, but uh, uh, it's. The set, the feature set, is not comparable with others yet. We don't want to focus on Druva, but we, you know, we have talked about a couple of other products, so I figured we'll we'll talk about Druva a little bit. I see Druva listed in the leader circle. What can you tell me about what you discovered when you were trying to come out with this radar? What what did you discover about Druva? Okay, th there is a part of Druva that is public. I mean, uh, the the SaaS model that is used by Druva, which is Quite innovative, not unique now because others copied copied the same way of delivering the solution, but uh, but actually this was the first and uh, the vision was pretty clear at that point, uh, and customers are happy. I mean, I talked with uh, a couple of your customers that uh, that uh, told me a very interesting stories. The feature set is growing pretty consistently. And uh, it is also interesting to see, you know, all the additional features that you are putting on top of it. Actually, there are also some, uh, a lot of new features coming that are, you know, again, in the, in the right direction for unstructured data management. So it's, uh, I, I don't know, maybe you will cut this out, but, uh, you know, the, the roadmap is quite compelling from for Druva point of view. Yeah, it, we, we can't talk about what the roadmap is, but I'm glad to hear that you think that it's compelling. <laughs> <laughs> how many customers do you end up talking to when you're doing the radar? And also, how often do you do it? Because I'm sure people are going to wonder, okay, this is what we see now. When's the next update coming? And I'm sure it's very time consuming to create these. So Yeah, so the, the, there are a couple of things. One is uh, I have, a, you know, in the community, uh, a lot of connection and I use them to, to contact the customer and to see what is their uh, experience. So there is not always the same number of interviews uh, on on each single product. So uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's just uh, a few of them. But uh, just because it's very difficult to find customer because the solution is not deployed everywhere. And uh, uh, in other cases, it's more common. And also, I I try to uh, to talk not only with end users but also with uh, resellers, 
So people, consultants, I mean, uh, professionals that are using the solution but are not the actual customer. Because it, it's quite interesting because these people have a broader view of, uh, of the market. So they, they are working with different partners or they're working on different kind of infrastructure. And they have a, a opinion that could vary from the from the customer, you know, sometimes the customer does, doesn't have the same visibility. Or they might have seen products at work versus things that they might have switched between and what use cases certain products work versus others. Yeah, sometimes they, they just try a new product, it works, and they buy it. And they are happy with it without knowing that there is something better. Better for their use case, but not better in, in general. I mean, and, uh, and that's it. So having a different uh, opinions from different players it's it's important i try to connect the dots in, in this way nice and, and i'm really glad we had you on enrico because just looking at the radar I, it didn't immediately explain itself especially the uh, x-axis uh, i wasn't quite sure what you meant by feature play versus platform play so i i'm I, i'm really glad we had you on to explain that Mature versus innovation that made that made a little bit more sense to me. Now I think now I, I much more fully understand this, and I I want to thank you for the effort. I can't imagine the amount of effort that goes into making a report like this. Well, I, I can because I've helped make some of them in the past, but uh, it, it is it's an incredible amount of. Re- uh, of work to make a report like this. And then once you make the report, then of course you get angry emails and phone calls from some people on them. You know, like, like I said, uh, we were excited to be included in the report, but we would have liked to have been mentioned in the headline of the story about the report, but Hey, you know, you know, you do what you do. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thank you very much again for having me. I mean, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll end this podcast and make sure that you uh, subscribe so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. To pay your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth the space
just for once it'll be completely done maybe 